this next session of Look at the Book, we're moving a paragraph forward in Romans 9. We're coming to the end, verses 24 to 29, in which Paul does something astonishingly new in Romans 9. He has not done this before, and it must have shocked some of his Jewish readers. And I will look at that in just a second. So, Father, as Paul uh, says something that is so stunningly relevant to us Gentiles, uh, grant us receptive hearts to receive it, be thankful for it, understand it, and glorify you in it. I ask this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Let's read this and then come back and see the new thing. Even us, and I'll, I'll clarify who that is in just a minute, even us whom he, God, has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, as indeed it says, he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people, and those and her who was not beloved, I will call beloved, and in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us an offspring, left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Now, what is the new thing that Paul says here that he's not said before in Romans 9? The new thing is also from the Gentiles. Even us whom he has called, God is calling a people, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. Now, this will appear as astonishing as it is if we clarify who this us is. So let's just walk backwards through this text. But maybe we should ask simultaneously the question, what has Paul been doing in this chapter up until uh, now? What's he been doing He's been arguing that, let's go back and see it. It is not as though the word of God has failed. That's the main point of the chapter. Indeed, I think the main point of Romans 9 through 11. The word of God has not failed because back in verse 3, Paul had said that Jews are accursed and cut off from Christ. How can the very people of God, the covenant people to whom belong the promises, be accursed and cut off from Christ, and the word of God still stand. I mean, what good is the promise of God if the people of promise are accursed and cut off from Christ? That's what Paul is addressing, and his main argument is right here in verse 6. Because the word of God to Israel has not failed, because not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. So there is a physical descent Israel, and there is a true Israel. There are 
children of Abraham just because they are offspring, physical offspring, and there are children of Abraham who are merely children of the flesh, but they're not children of God. They're not children of promise. They're not counted as offspring. They are not among the elect. So, the us back here in verse 24 is even, let's just look at the previous paragraph. They are the vessels of mercy. In order to make known the riches of his glory to the vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand for glory, even us, whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. So, the children of God, the elect, the vessels of mercy, the children of promise, and, most strikingly, the true Israel. Not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Who does? Well, the children of God do. The children of promise do. Those who are counted as offspring do. The elect do. The people on whom he has mercy do. The vessels of mercy, that is, that is us. So, here's the stunning thing. The us for whom all the promises to Israel count is not all Israel, but only those from Israel. And now the new thing also from the Gentiles. So you see how, how amazing this is. The Gentiles are now included in Israel. Now, if you've read the rest of the book, th this is not new. It's new in Romans 9, but it's not new in the book. Let's, let's go back to chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. No one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly. So physical descent, circumcision, having a mother and a father, a grandmother and a grandfather who are Jewish. Nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not the letter and not the flesh. His praise is not from man, but from God, which means this opens the door to the fact that us, namely the true Israel, the vessels of mercy, the elect, the children of God, and children of promise, not only come from Jews, but now come from Gentiles. And one question we might ask is, why does Paul bring that up here if his main point 
is to say the word of God has not fallen for Israel? And I think the answer is that it was a real part of the promise to the true Israel that they would include Gentiles. And if that promise doesn't come true, then the word of God has fallen. And the reason I think that is because, and we'll, we'll take next time to look at this, the way Paul argues for these two statements is by going to two Old Testament clusters of passages to defend the, the truth, the new truth, that Gentiles are included in the us who are the true Israel. He looks at Hosea, Hosea 2.23 and 1.10. And then to argue that only some Jews will be saved, he looks at Isaiah, who cries out concerning Israel. So Hosea is brought in to support the fact that Gentiles are included in the true Israel, and Isaiah is brought in, Hosea here, Isaiah here, Isaiah is brought in to argue that only some Jews, and evidently Paul believes both of those truths are essential to establishing the veracity of God, that his word has not fallen. If the Gentiles are not included in the true Israel, then the word of God has fallen. We'll come back and see how he argues next time.